Welcome to the show, folks. This is Wrestling Changed My Life. Here we go. Wrestling mm-hmm. is life. I mean, you look at wrestling, definition in the dictionary, a struggle. I mean, shoot, that's you, you, the older you get, the more you realize that is that is life. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time, I spent wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Welcome back to the show, folks. My guest today is Matt McDonough, two-time champ, three-time finalist for the Iowa Hawkeyes, who just won the Big Tens this weekend. Matt is currently the assistant coach for the Wisconsin Badgers. You can find him on Twitter, at McDominate17. This was an awesome conversation and was recorded at the Big Tens on Friday. My main man and brother Tanner Warner helped me with this. We recorded it at Matt's hotel room right before the Big Tens got started. Hope you enjoy it, as always. Fan of the week goes to Jude Lakovich. He's a six-year-old, 45-pound stud out on the East Coast making waves. His pops, Russ, turned him onto the podcast, and now he's hooked. Jude, keep on listening, baby. We appreciate it. Last but not least, folks, two things on my end. If you're going to the NCAAs, I rented a booth at the Win Show or the, the Fan Expo. I think it's called the Win Show. Um, it takes place Friday and Saturday in between sessions at the Nationals. So stop by and see us there. And Gable the Goat Part 2 comes out next Tuesday. I'll repeat, Gable the Goat Part 2 comes out next Tuesday. It's the sequel to the uh, obviously the first one we did back in November. If you want an early release cut of the documentary, text Dan Gable one word to five 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 eighty eight eight. That's Dan Gable one word to five 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 eighty eight eight, and you will be part of the early release group, and we'll send you an early cut of it this week. That's it, folks. Let's give it up for Matt McDonough. Peace. That's similar to the environment you guys are creating in Wisconsin right now. So take us inside the. Uh, the Badger Room, man. How long you been up at, up at Madison? So I have been there um, for just under two years. I got there in April of 2018, and we're in 2020, March. So in another month, it'll be, have been two years. How did that all come about? Have you known Bono and those guys for a while? Or? I've been on a few um, overseas trips with Reader. Um, you know, and the, the main um, international trips where there's, you know, 5 to 15 um, U.S. athletes. So we were on a few trips together. I've, you know, obviously watched him wrestle quite a bit. And then I knew Bono just from um, his history at Iowa State and um, being involved in the coaching world. Um, he coached at Tennessee Chattanooga right after Terry Brands. And mm-hmm. 
Um, then he was at Iowa State, actually, when I wrestled at Andrew Long in the finals, I believe, that, that year. Um, and then I just, you know, small world in wrestling. I knew him. So um, they reached out to me. And, you know, at that point, I was coaching at the Eastern Iowa Wrestling Club, and I really loved that. But I always had this uh, urge to obviously coach at the collegiate level, and I knew some of the, the moves happening. And that was definitely one that was um, very intriguing to me because Wisconsin, Big Ten school. I actually was recruited by Wisconsin mm-hmm. um, out of high school. Um, it's you know relatively close, relatively similar culture, um, and I was I was interested. And then when they reached out, I you know took a trip up there and got to see the place, and I thought it was definitely a place that could uh, produce some some high level wrestling. Yeah, it's a program where like when they were at South Dakota. Maybe it could have won, but most likely they're never going to win. But yeah. Wisconsin can win, you know. Absolutely, there's a very strong support from the administration, um, and you know, obviously the community will get on board when you're winning. Yeah, like any other big, big time Big Ten school, when you're winning, the community is going to get on board. The university fans are going to get on board. Um, but from a facility standpoint, from a support staff standpoint, from you know, having all those things accessible, it's it's in line with all the other major Big Ten schools. Right. It just needs to um, progress and get some people to believe. Right. That seems like a big part, the buy-in of, of the athlete to the coach system. I mean, no matter who you talk to, what program, mm-hmm. um, how, have, how have you seen that differ from your time at Iowa in the brand system where it seems like there they have a lot of buy-in? I know at Wisconsin now, Bono seems like he gets that out of the guys. I mean, how would you compare and contrast the two systems in that way? Um, oh boy, that's a loaded question. <laughs> I, I'm still, I'm still learning quite a bit. Um, but you know, the culture I come from at, at Iowa was, you know, extremely, um, heavy on obviously tradition and you understood the people before you did it. So when they told you something to do, there wasn't a lot of questions like, really, did you do that? Like, are you serious? Like you, you just believed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, at Wisconsin with the change, obviously we didn't have that because um, there's a whole new staff, so there's not that connection. But what I've found to be one of the most important things, at least in my way of coaching in my um, life, is relationships. You know, you build that trust relationship. You build that belief system like you're talking about, mm-hmm. and then there will be a lot of buy-in. Um, but you leading by example – that's been the easiest way for my whole life. And I know that that's not going to last forever because right. I can't do everything that these young guys do. Even now I can do a majority of it. I mean, I'm, you know, just under 30. Um, so I'm not really in the grand scheme old, but in wrestling, you know, you don't have that long that you can train at that level. Um, but getting them to, to see how it's done. So, you know, you have a guy right now who's a senior who's been there, done that. And, a few others and, and Wick and Hilger who have obviously had success and, and made their way onto the podium. And um, you get the younger guys to see that, that workload. But then the real challenge is those guys, you got to get them to elevate their level because you're not just trying to create 10 all Americans every year. You, I, I mean, ideally, right. and this is where that Iowa mindset comes in. You want 10 national champs and you don't want just want 10 national champs. You want 10 national champs that, bonus point their way through the whole tournament i mean that really is the mentality and it's kind of crazy and some people call it fanatical or 
you know, insane. But that was the mentality I was raised on is even when you win, there's more. Until I pin everyone in the first minute of every single match I wrestle, I got I got things to do. I have, um, you know, gains to make. And that's something that always helped me elevate my wrestling. And, you know, I'm trying to help, you know, put into the minds of a lot of these college guys. When I've heard you say that when you first got to Iowa and put on the Iowa singlet, some guys say, you know, man, I got emotional that I'm in the Iowa singlet for the first time and I'm just excited to, to be there. And you were thinking like, dude, I don't even care about that. I'm only thinking about wrestling the first match. Like, I'm not here just to make the team. You know, I'm here to, to keep progressing and keep going. And so is that something that was just innate to you or is that something your pops taught you? Or um, It's funny you say that because my dad wrestled at Iowa. Oh, he did? Um, yeah, my dad wrestled at Iowa in the 70s. Okay. So usually that's the same reaction I get out of everyone. They didn't understand that, and I I make sure I make a point of it more now than I maybe did when I was younger, just because you know when I look back, you reflect more when you're done. Um, it was pretty cool to uh, you know know that my dad wrestled there, and it wasn't like he was some all star. He started wrestling in ninth grade and walked on at Iowa. Um, was really close teammates with a lot of these other coaches. You know, Tim Sazeski mm-hmm. was very close friends, still close friend with him. And uh, he was behind him for a few years, and then his senior year, he got in the lineup, got third at the Big Tens, qualified for nationals. Actually, ironically enough, beat um, Jack Reinwand from Wisconsin, who became national champ that year at his weight at the Big Tens for third and fourth. And now you're coaching at Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, so um, that was kind of interesting. But going back to your your question, you know, ironically enough, my dad told me stories about Iowa from the time I was a kid. So that... You know, you're talking 70s Iowa. You're talking Gable, the assistant coach, Gary Kurtelmeyer, the head coach, like the beginning. Jay Rod, the grad assistant. The, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. My dad's very close with him, too. And um, you're hearing stories about these legends. Yeah. And it's all these camaraderie, you know, oh, rugged yeah. crew. We don't we, we aren't the we aren't the studs yet. We're, we're going to prove ourselves. And so I grew up with that. Um, all those those thoughts. But also grew up living 40 minutes away from Iowa City, being a super fan, crazy mm-hmm. super fan. And I always wanted to put on the black and gold singlet. But then as I progressed and um, got older, I tried to be, you know, as objective as I could. And I was actually really close to going somewhere else, trying to make the, let's call it the smart decision, you know, preparing myself for life. Where was that? Um, Northwestern. Okay. It was a really, really good academic school. Tim Szeski was coaching there. Okay. Um, and I was I was really close, and I, I've told many people this. I was really close, but just something, you know, with the opportunity to to chase my dreams that what I've always wanted to do was right there at Iowa, and I was like, you know what, I, I gotta I gotta do it. I can't. I, I actually told myself I'm gonna go to Northwestern. I'm gonna commit. Maybe I should. You know what? I'm gonna sleep on it. And I woke <laughs> up, and I was like. Nope. And I, you know, in the back of your mind, I suppose you knew it the whole time, but you're like, I can't do it. Yeah. I have this opportunity. It's, you know, it's in the palm of my hand. I have this opportunity to go to my, my dream school and and get after it. And I did. And I think that's when I made that decision is when I got over that whole fanboy side of it. The whole like, well, I just want to, you know, be a hawk. All right. I am a hawk. That's, that's not enough. That's not, that's not getting me any, you know, any uh, accolades that's not gonna make me a legend in that room right and so then 
and immediately, and I don't want to say immediately, but by the time I got there and was a freshman, it wasn't about, I just want to put on that singlet. It was about, well, I want to do what Tom Brands did. I want to do what Terry Brands did. I want to do what Mark Ironside did. I want to do what Mark Perry did. You know, I grew up watching Mark Perry and Ironside and Strip Matter and Jurgens and you know, a ton of those guys. I remember seeing Cliff Moore win it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going to NCAA tournaments from middle school on, so I got to watch a lot of guys go to battle in that tournament. And that was my goal. I want to go do what they do. I want to go wrestle on Saturday night on that big stage. Right. And so when I put on that singlet, you know, that was, that's, it's, who cares, right? That was the, you, that, that's in the back of your mind that you're wearing a black and gold singlet. The front of your mind is, hey, I got to go punish this guy that's standing across from me because that's what I've trained this hard for. I'm not here just so people can see me wrestle for Iowa. I'm here so people can go ooh and ah all the time. That's the minimum. Like, you're not yeah. getting it for the letter, you know? And so I was looking at your high school results, and Fargo, Placer, uh, three-time state champ. Um, how did you make the jump, though, from Fargo, Placer, to now you're a national champ? Was it a true freshman or a redshirt freshman? Redshirt freshman. Redshirt freshman. I actually wrestled 133 as a true freshman. I thought I was going to be a 33-41 pounder. Dude, the stories, even when I was growing up, of how much weight you cut. Is that true? or was it? Uh, yeah. How no. bad was it? You know... I mean, just like I said before, when you're focused on your goals, it's just another part of the process. Right. Um, and that that's, you know, that's the most true way to describe it. Is it hard? Yeah. Did I do things that I look back and I'm like, man, you were you were crazy, Matt McDonough. You were a crazy person. Absolutely. Like what? I just extra workouts. I mean, you're you're in a practice for an hour and a half, sweating your butt off, and then this practice ends, and, and you're like. All right, all right, I gotta hurry up, hurry up. All right, we're done, we're we're done, we're done. All right, I'm going to get my sweats on. I'm jumping on the airdyne for 20 minutes, you know, and then I'm gonna jump rope, and then I'm gonna do stance in motion, then I'm gonna go grab some some dumbbells and do some extra curls or some you know a little pump. I just you know, just keep working. I'm gonna work until I lose the weight, <laughs> and then I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna drink a bunch of water. I'm gonna eat some food, and I'm gonna come back and do some more work. There were many days where you ended up doing workouts that no one else did, or you threw on extra sweats, or you just you know, you put in the extra effort because you know that it'll all work out. And if it doesn't, then you get to work out again. <laughs> and that's just all there is to it. I mean, it's not suffering when you think about it in the right way. It's mm. just part of the process. And I think that's where you see some people cut weight and have success. And everyone's like, how is that? How is that possible? Well, I mean, they're not thinking about it as cutting weight. It's just they're just doing what they have to do to get ready to go compete. You know, if you have to make a certain weight, you have to make a certain weight. And there's a fine line between, you know, as you saw in even my career, um, you know, if you don't if you don't have your mind in the right place, weight cutting can be devastating. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, thankful for all that. But did you have that foresight back then that you do now? Like when you were a freshman doing that, you're like, listen, yeah, I'm cutting weight, but this is just extra workouts. This is getting closer to my goal. Or did you have did somewhere through your career did that hit? And you kind of realized that. Um, I think, you know, it was honestly when I made the decision to go to 25 because no one told me. No, The coaches at Iowa weren't going to have me go 25. They they didn't approach me. I went to Tom and Terry my redshirt freshman year after the season because Dan Dennis, you know, had mm-hmm. just gotten seventh as a junior and was coming back at 33. And, 
you know, you're like, well, shoot, that's going to be pretty tough to make the lineup to beat him out. Mm-hmm. And I've, obviously I've had workouts with him and I was like, that's going to be pretty tough. How strong is that dude? It, he's, he's a strong man. He, <laughs> he does a lot of rock climbing. So as you could guess, his grip is uh very strong. When he grabs a hold of you, you can feel it. <laughs> and he's, he's pretty explosive, but, um, Charlie Falk graduating. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting here and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like, well, shoot, I could go up to 41 where, Montel Marion's going and I had wrestled him and he had beaten me three times that year and I was already small for 33 or I could cut down and go 25 and I just I went and told him and he's you know they there was no there was no hesitation from from the coaching staff of like I don't think you should it was like if you think you can make it then show us and I spent the summer not cutting weight but trying to change my body and I remember in the middle of July when we had our um, wrestling camps it was kind of like I kind of you know made I didn't make weight but I kind of made a weight where I was like all right I know I can do it and uh that's when I knew all right I'm going 25 this is this is happening wow. and then you started that early well it was just kind of making sure like this is a viable thing and mm-hmm. then between you know July and August you're just training you're not really thinking about your weight but you're trying to be healthy and then come September I mean that's really September you're not you know it's two months so I spent two two and a half months just getting my weight under control doing it right and it was a process and was it easy at times no but you know when you're again when you're thinking about what the payout is it doesn't make any difference how much work someone says you have to put in because that's the only thing that you care about and it's hard it's hard for for people now to do that because of so many distractions around but that's the other thing about wrestling that you learn is, Hey, you got to adapt. Mm-hmm. So now everybody's got, we got podcasts like we're doing right now. Yeah. We got social media. We got all these things, figure out a way with all that present to have that same focus, to have that same energy and to think long term, and you know, you'll have a lot of success and not just one year, four years of that. <laughs> that's uh, that that's a lot, you know? Yeah. And you don't, you know, at the time you don't even think about it like that. I mean, you think about the next day, right? You know, the back of your mind is NCAs, but you're like, all right, got to do this and this and this today. Boom. All right. Go to bed next morning. Wake up. I got to do this and this and this today. Boom. All right. You know, and you're thinking about, and that was preached a lot at Iowa too, is what's the most important thing. You still hear it to this day. That's ingrained in you now. What's the next important event? The next one. That's the most important event. Mm -hmm. This is the next one. The next one. The next one. It's always the most important event. You know, obviously, Big Tens, NCAs, that's the ultimate goal. You know, that's always what I, I had in the back of my brain every match is this is just part of your march to a national title. But it's always about the next, you know, the next step, one and, one thing at a time. And how much were you thinking about wrestling outside the room when you were when you were on a run or when you were like at your apartment? Were you trying to separate the two or were you constantly? All cons- the time. Just I can remember. It? I can remember running – um, we call it a short loop or a long loop. I can remember running our team runs and you're on that last straightaway on the run and you're thinking about the next best guys at the weight and you're trying to run them down. Are they running this hard? I'm going to run a little harder. Maybe they don't run this hard. Or you're even going more into your imagination. You're thinking about finishing a match out, you know, a takedown. You're sprinting a 100, 200, 300 yards and the only thing on your mind is – getting that last takedown or you're they're right next to you. You know, all my opponents are right next to me. All the guys that I used to compete against, 
you know, depending on whatever year you ask me, and I'll tell you the guys, but they're, <laughs> they were all right next to me. They're running right next to me. I'm running them down. I'm going to beat them. You know, you're doing a rope climb. I'm, I'm getting up this rope. If they fall down, my arms are about to be completely burned out where I'm just going to let go. Well, if they let go, I'm not. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're using that imagination. So, um, you know, when you talk about that, it's, you know, there's, I mean, it's all, I mean, if you're really, really thinking about being a champion, everything in your mind, you're almost in another dimension. Any workout you're doing is I'm trying to beat everybody. Well, even most of your day, you're spinning around. You're in another world mentally. You're walking to class. You're thinking about single legs. You're thinking about whatever you got to do to get ready, you know? Yeah. And for some people, that's stressful. Um, but it's only stressful if you make it stressful, mm. you know? Some people, it's like, man, don't you ever take a break? And it's, Yeah, but it's I don't want a break, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I want this stress. You kind of embrace the grind that, you know, that kind of cliche statement um but you really you do you embrace that um discomfort where all the time you're not anxious but kind of at a heightened sense all the time Mm -hmm. i mean you you sat with dan gable the guy's (laughs) retired and he's still you still look him in the eyes and you can just see into his brain as like he's thinking about wrestling dude we started talking about the owings match and he was gripping it so hard his arm spasm and he dropped it because his arm like locked up He's like, if I would have held Owen's arm that long, I would have won the match. And I'm I, like, it's, it's damn, serious, let go though. with the mic. Oh, it is serious. He, I mean, he you never, shouting, you never you know? let it go. You never let it go. Your mind is always going hard, and you know that's why probably wrestlers get all these injuries because they never stop. They never right. stop training until they're broke down, and they never go on long vacations. And that's not everybody, but Steiner so, said that some too. wrestlers they never do anything where it's just like, I'm just gonna. You know, it's almost like a life decision. If you change your life because that's what you want, and that's, you know, that's totally okay. A lot of wrestlers, you know, see that. They transition. But the ones who are still heavily involved in the sport, they're just, they're fanatical. Well, you said it, though. I mean, and it's so cliche, but you really did like the process. You loved all that shit. It wasn't like you were doing it because you had to. You enjoyed it. So that's the the difference. You know, you, you hate certain discomforts at the time you know you hate the pain of losing at the time um there's things that you absolutely despise but it's always at the time and and this is what really has carried me in my entire wrestling career and I still tell athletes to this day at camps clinics in our room anywhere I'm at is for me it was always about moving ahead what's what's the next thing you know in a match it was the most prevalent but it if i really think about it it carried on to everything in life is it's like how long am i going to sit here and sulk about what happened that didn't go my way Mm -hmm. how how long and sometimes it's longer than others but you know when in doubt just worry about the next point Mm -hmm. and that's what i always did in matches and that's what made me really enjoy and and i i should say when i wrestled my best that's how i was thinking is it didn't matter what happened two seconds ago i'm already trying to score the next point or get to the next um objective or you know reach the next milestone or you know everything was always about moving forward and you just you you spend really much time dwelling um it's wasted time you analyze you know you reflect and then when you're done you 
never forget the lot. You almost remember the losses more than the huge wins. It's funny. Way more. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's funny. You remember them that much more. And, um, I suppose that's, uh, one of the sicknesses of high level wrestling is you just, that's, you carry those forever. And, and even when you're done competing, you're always like, man, I bet. I wonder if I could go out there one more time and strap <laughs> up. I, I mean, I know I still got the skills, especially in Olympic al- year. Yeah, trust me. You're always, <laughs> and that's, that's what, uh, I had a, a really good conversation with, uh, Tom brands about that. He's like, McDonough doesn't like, if you're thinking about stopping competing, it, it's not going to go away. Don't think that like it's going to go away or don't think that you, that means you need to keep competing because you have the urge. Like I still want to, I still want to wrestle to this day. You know, it never ends. And I, you know, it's, but it it never ends. It's that competitiveness. Mm -hmm. You just learn to channel it into something else. Yeah. You learn to channel into your athletes or you learn to channel it into the business world or you learn to channel it into going into the military or just anything. I mean, you could name a slew of things, go channeling into the stock market and Mm -hmm. being a stockbroker. I mean, anything, um, you learn to channel that. And that's why, you know, your, your name wrestling changed my life podcast. That that's really what it's about. Wrestling is, uh, is something that is life altering, um, for almost anyone. You know, you talk to people who you meet and they wrestled for a year in high school and, you tell them you're a wrestler and they're like, Oh, I wrestled for a year, man. I learned so much. I, I wasn't any good, but man, <laughs> those guys work so hard and it really uh, gave me a lot of perspective. It's just so cool. Yeah. So cool to ever, to hear that. I mean, people light up, you know, you talk about wrestling and it's like people, even if you wrestled for, like you said, a, a year or something, they're like, it was like the biggest thing to them. You know, they, they remember every part of it. Um, yeah, that's and I've heard you say before. Your wife says you have a a sickness of like wanting more all the time. Like you're never satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so true. What? It's true too. I like buying toys. Like I got a few hobbies. I always, how many I guns always, you got? I got a few. <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple. I hey, I like I told you, I was a I was a military fanboy. I wanted to be a GI Joe. <laughs> so in today's world, I'm in the heyday if i give me like win the lottery oh man i'll be trouble <laughs> it's, i'd be in a heyday it, it's you know you you try to you, it's good to have that balance you know that's why i'm thankful to have her in my life and my kids is um you learn that balance and you know i just heard doug schwab talking about it and i think i don't know i think his wife was doing a little you know one of those little interviews mm-hmm. with him and he's like balance balance and he like thought about it for a second he's like yeah, you know, when you're when you're striving for greatness, there really isn't balance. And it's it's so true that like that balance, you try to always have some, um, but it's hard. It's hard when you want to be great because you have to invest so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, my wife and my kids help balance as much as I, I can. And I, I love I love being a dad. I love, you know, raising them. I love that women's wrestling is is growing because I have a daughter who is, she's tailor made to be a wrestler. Her mindset, she's only four years old, and all she wants to do is roughhouse and, <laughs> you know, do physical activity, and uh, she loves watching it. Um, but that's that's really humbled me a lot of having kids, and you know, just trying to trying to impart my best traits onto them and hopefully not give them any of my worst ones <laughs> that's the goal i suppose of any parent but that's you seem the like you goal. really love being a dad though just from following your social media and you talk about your kids I man i saw a video of your two kids 
one of them has a chair on the other side of the room and they smash into <laughs> each other. <laughs> Ma- mom, uh, mom had to go to the store for 30 minutes and said, watch the kids. And uh, <laughs> they got all set up. I didn't even tell them to do it. They got all set up and I'm looking and I'm like, this could be bad. Was I'm it like, chairs or what? what was it was it? like they're plastic kitty chairs. And I'm like, what are they doing? And then I did it once and I'm like, and they're giggling and I'm just like, all right, I'll get my phone out. Okay. <laughs> I might as well record this. I guess if they're not going to hurt each other, I'll record it. And I got some more videos. of. I got my daughter just absolutely walloping my son. I didn't post it. I should. But she, I mean, she straight reverse lifts him. And she's four and he's not even, he's he's two. They're, I mean, they're, she's like three and a half. He's two. And she's just throwing him around basically with like a choke hold, like a, like a head and arm, like behind the, you know, behind the back, just rolling him around and then picking him up and he's screaming. And I'm just like, eh, he'll, he'll let me know if he's really hurt. He's right. got to toughen up. And, uh, who threw you I, around like that as a kid? Because you had siblings that were six years older. Did you and your dad roll around a lot? or My dad. Me and my dad wrestled all the time. Um, I always, and then one day it just kind of kind of naturally stopped. I think he probably knew, like, yeah, I'm getting a little old for this. And <laughs> this guy's starting to get pretty good. I'll let the coaches beat him up. But, shoot, from the time I was three to the time I was 13, 14, we wrestled in the living room all the time. Many a rug burns on the on the living room carpet, and many of screams from mom that we were about to crash into the fireplace and someone's head was gonna pop off. Um, but you know, he he imparted a lot of um, my mindset and man- mentality and passion for wrestling on me of just kind of embracing like we've talked about this whole time that challenge and that struggle and that process of you know. You gotta love it. What what's you know what is it being an underdog? What what does any of that mean ever? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and always the you know just because he's bigger does that even, does that really mean he's he's better than you? He I remember when I was a little kid because I was pretty tiny, um, and, and I wasn't super muscular, and I would always worry that this kid's this kid's five pounds bigger than me, Dad. And he's like. <laughs> So what, you know, your <laughs> technique's better, better than your, you can beat him. What does it matter if he's five pounds bigger? Does that mean he's better than you just because he's a little bit bigger? Um, and, you know, when you're a little kid, you're like, Dad, you're crazy. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? But uh, when, um, when you start to get older and hit puberty and you realize, like, man, my mind, as long as my mind is stronger than this guy's, I can beat him. And my mind is stronger and my technique is good. I can beat this guy and then you have success and you, you know, you try to, you try to snowball it. You try to keep that momentum going where every time you have success, it builds you up a little bit. And if you lose, that's okay. It doesn't matter. That's just part of, you know, I'm still thinking about that next big opportunity. Um, and always trying to elevate yourself. And you know, that's, that's what I'm most excited for with my kids. And it's not even about wrestling. Honestly, I tell, I tell this to a lot of people. I just want them to find something they're really passionate about. Right. That's all that I really care about. Be cool if they wrestle either of them, but if not just something they're passionate about and attack it with all of their being, all of their um, heart and soul. And, and that would be, you know, that would be really special, but I really do love it. Um, I love being a parent. It's, definitely the the best part of my life um is you know my faith in the lord and my my family 
right. um, my kids. There's just, it's just fun. I just love it. It's, <laughs> it's all, it's so similar to wrestling because it's like, there's never a time of relaxation or chill. It's always, you know, you're always. Well, wrestlers are just roughhousing around anyway. Hey, you know, like we grew up, we had a wrestling mat in the basement. We were always just rolling around. It's so, like whenever I hang out with kids, it's like I get on my knees and we're doing takedowns and shit like that, you know? So and I don't have kids myself, but when I'm around them, I feel that way. So seeing your Instagram and hearing you talk about it, I could definitely see that. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. And I'm lucky enough that uh, I got a wrestling mat in my basement. A little, I saw that. A little. Uh, dude, how big's that dog of yours, dude? That she's, freaking dog. You've never seen small. a dog like this, dude. You know, this it's funny thing. because in my mind, she's a normal sized dog. You know, that's, that's all. I, I see her every day. So I'm like, what are you guys talking about? She's a normal dog. We said the mat. I look, I, I had a flashback to this picture of your dog on your wrestling mat in the basement with a bunch of stuffed animals around it. I'm like, that dog's huge, dude. Yeah, she's, she's actually, um, I don't know if she got fat this winter or just, she's just still, still a growing girl. But uh, she's officially bigger than me since the last weight check. I'm 150. See, I told you, dude. I'm I 150, told you. and she's 155. See? Freaking so, huge, dude. <laughs> she's not small, but she's a big baby. She likes to cuddle. She sleeps in our bed every night. That's a problem. It's oh, a really? Pro- oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Me and my wife, we have a king-size bed, and we each basically get, like, a cot. Sort- not even a cot. <laughs> like, like uh, I probably get... Uh, Two and a half foot wide space. My wife gets like a one foot wide space, <laughs> and my dog just sprawls out. And every more every night, we're like kicking her, like, "What are you doing?" Dude. Even if we go to bed and make her sleep on the floor, she, we wake up and she's in there. She's like a ninja. <laughs> you imagine a hundred fifty five pound dog somehow sneaking into bed and no one wakes up. I, I need to get a video camera. Is what I need to do. It's huge. Like record like a how deer she, cam. Like how did <laughs> how does she do this every night? You know, uh, it's awesome though. I, you know, I, that's, I don't, when I do stuff, I don't do it, uh, just leisurely. I do everything full throttle. And I, th- it's funny because every, all of this is like connected to wrestling somewhere or another. Like, um, my always wanting to buy more, have more, right. get more, do something more when we're, when we're on vacation, I always want to go do the next thing. I never want to just sit around and relax. Um, because so- I was going to say, how do you balance that as a coach, though? So now that you're a coach, you are you are physically doing stuff, but you're not the guy out there. So how do you kind of balance that? I guess, where do you put your focus? Do you put your focus into building the relationships, putting your focus into um, like researching, things like that? Like, How do you spend your energy now? I really it? love spending a lot of my energy in the wrestling room mm. with the guys, you know, trying to teach them some of the, the skills that I learned, um, some of the mentalities that I learned about not even just training, but just how to approach, you know, how to approach wrestling in a way that tailors you for success. Um, and then as far as coaching in the corner, I mean, I'm constantly trying to learn. I actually, I, I pay a lot of attention to other coaches, not, not necessarily during my mat, like the match I'm coaching, but all the time, just trying to catch little idiosyncrasies and, and differences in how they act and um, pair it with how their athletes do and kind of, see what works the best and um try to also really see how each person functions different with their character because that's one thing that i always heard about you know coach gable when i was a kid um is how tailored like i mean you hear you've probably heard other people say it, like 
that man could get in anybody's head. Mm-hmm. You know, he could get in anybody's head. I think I, you guys had a, was it Barry Davis you guys were talking to? Mm-hmm. Or it might have been even Flow Wrestling talking to him too. But um, somewhere he was talking and talking about like, you just couldn't tell the guy no. You just couldn't tell the guy no. Mm-hmm. And I I think about that. And I, I didn't know Coach Gable like super well personally. I know him very well, but not obviously like my dad did. Um, but just hearing stories and then then experiencing it in Iowa under my coach. Um, and, and, you know, Coach Brands, Terry, and Tom, um, you just they, – they just – made you believe what they were saying so much that buy-in they're talking about Mm -hmm. circling back to that i remember this is funny i was at the world team trials in council bluffs iowa i believe it was after my freshman year it could have been a different time but i believe it was after my freshman year Um, brett metcalf and mike zadek were wrestling in it um and me and terry and a few others went out to lunch and we got this meal, and then I got a cookie at the end, bought a cookie. And I remember walking, and I opened the cookie up, and I, I don't know if I took it. I might have taken the first bite. Who knows? But I let's say I had one bite of it, and Terry Brands looks over to me like, McDonough, if you want to be a world champion, you'll throw that cookie away right now. And I'm like, Terry. He's like, I'm just saying. And I'm like, come on. And he's like, hey, man, it's your choice, whatever you want. And I'm like, God, and I toss it in the trash can. <laughs> but like, I could. It was one of those things. It's a perfect example of like the guy said it, and he he knew how how much I you know had those types of goals. And mm-hmm. you know, I I never uh, obviously was able to do that up to this point. But um, I remember you didn't want to let him down though. It, yeah, it wasn't. It it was that, but it was just like, man, if this guy says this. I don't know. Maybe it, maybe if I look back on my entire life, me eating this cookie is the difference. Like that's the way you thought though. You're you're like who knows? Maybe if I eat this cookie, it means I won't be a world champ, but if I don't eat it, I, shoot, I can't I can't take that chance. And you toss <laughs> it before you get a second chance to think about it. Man. And uh that was the kind of thing that you know, you could get a you could get a person to do when they really they really believe that what you say it, it's i tell you what it is so much harder in today's world with so much information accessible mm-hmm. to get a guy to believe craziness like that but <laughs> you know what it's really not crazy because it's like hey you have to be more fanatical and crazy to win now than ever because it's so easy to get distracted right i mean i can only imagine wrestling in the 70s or 80s when it's like it, you literally are walking to your friend's house and knocking on his door to see if he wants to go work out. <laughs> like, you weren't texting him or like setting something up for three for three days in advance or, you know, driving all over the place, doing whatever you want. You're you better figure out your your schedule um, and you better have yourself accountable because who knows what everybody else is doing. You yeah. can only worry about you. And, you know, you 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 like. I can't even say reminisce because it wasn't my era, but you think about that and you're like, man, that'd be great. But that's just not how the reality is. And that's what I think is so important for coaches and mentors today 
to understand and athletes to understand like that is present. It's not going away. Right. We're doing a podcast right now. It's not going away. Yeah, could you it, imagine Gable doing a podcast before the big tents <laughs> or like, like J Rob is assistant, like before the big tents back in the day, no chance, you know, but no way. I don't think it's a negative, but I think it, it has to be managed in a different way. Like you said, um, it's just so it's just so different. It's so different. It, like you're saying to think about, and it, it's, I mean, obviously you're not going to have it. You wouldn't have an athlete sitting in this no. chair right now. But it's like you said, could you imagine that? I mean, it's just, it's so out there, but now it's really not that crazy. No. Um, and so many more interviews with athletes right after matches. Like you didn't have that as much back then. You got interviewed when they like won a national championship or something, but, right. or, you know, won the semifinals, but not like now where it's all the time they're have a camera in front of them and you just have to evolve. And that's what, you know, that's what I love about, the sports world about wrestling about all of it is it's ever evolving for it's sure ever evolving and if you don't adapt and continue to change and learn then you're going to struggle too right and you before we move on i know we're, we're getting short on time you mentioned terry brands making you throw away the cookie or putting you putting on the conundrum when you would wrestle him back in the day could he still scrap oh man i <laughs> i walked out of many workouts extremely extremely upset because i mean my competitiveness just because i was wrestling terry or tom brands or mike ironside or brent metcalf that didn't change like you still want to beat them as bad as you can or whatever you can do right um so when i was uh when i was an athlete i there were many workouts i walked out of pretty upset because that dude gave me a, a butt licking <laughs> um even he had to be 40 then so he probably he could all american you think for sure that, listen, those guys are some of the strongest people I've ever felt in my life. They <laughs> they got some they got some special sort of strength, <laughs> um, you know. And it just carries on because guess what? As a coach, you're doing the same things to your athletes now. You're you're letting them know, like, right. hey, listen up, keep your uh, keep your goals high and keep keep focused on on you know getting better because you can always get better. And that's I think that's the biggest thing you learn from. Uh, from wrestling, you know, coaches where there's a that much of a disparity, and obviously at that point I was no slouch, but you're wrestling. That's a you know that's a two-time world champ, Olympic bronze medalist. That guy's right. pretty good at wrestling, and uh, that humbles you. It makes you really understand, like, hey, you just focus on getting better every day. That's, and he's only been wrestling since then. It's like since not 2000. He hasn't stopped wrestling. He's got 10 more years of learning on top of that. Yeah. You know. Yeah, so, and obviously they don't. You know, it's not every day by then, but still, you, they, they, you, you know, you're gonna be in for a good one when you ask one of them to work out. And obviously, I haven't been there for a couple of years, so I don't know what the the case is now. But when I was when I was competing, um, you ask them to work out, and they're like, "All right," and then you see them warming up for like 20 minutes, and you're <laughs> you're like, get your warm up in, you're all ready to go, and they're still warming up, and you sure ain't going to be like, Hey coach, I'm ready. Let's go. Like, you're just going to sit there and wait, wait till it's your time. And you see him warming up. You kind of like, you, you think about it and you're like, all right, they're, they're, they're getting ready. <laughs> like I, I better, this isn't going to just, this isn't going to be a walk in the park. Like this isn't just going to be a nice little flow session. This is going to be uh it's going to be a workout. Terry's seeing Kendall cross on your face. <laughs> He's seeing flashbacks and you're like, all right, you ready to drill? It's like, nah, we'll just, we'll just kind of spar. And then, you, you spar for five minutes and five, six, seven minutes in, especially again, when it's two pretty good wrestlers, like well, I'm sparring and I'm not just going to 
start i'm just not gonna roll over and he's certainly not so by right. the time you're five less than 10 minutes in it's you're going live right and that that lasts for 30 minutes and you're like well i, I sure ain't gonna be the one to take a break like he's the coach he could he could tell me when it's time to take a break like i'm not gonna walk off the mat i have to go until he says it's time to be done and i maybe that's unique to me but um what's the longest go you think you guys went you and tom or terry oh shoot 30 40 minutes I went when I was after I just was in the lobby and talking to Ironside about it. And shoot, that man's probably given plenty of people this type of butt open. But oh I sure God. remember it better than he does because, well, I was on the receiving end of it. Like you said, you remember those pretty well. Oh, yeah. And it was one of those changing moments in my in my wrestling career where I just learned, like, how capable you, anybody was of doing crazy things. I wrestled at the, the Cohawk practice. It's a, uh, was a freestyle club um, just postseason for basically all high schoolers in the Cedar Rapids area mm-hmm. at the co-room and their old room. And it wasn't – I mean, it was good size, but it wasn't huge. And that thing would get packed to the brim. I mean, you get 75, 80 kids where it was wall-to-wall and that you'd be falling over each other. And Ironside ran it once a week. It was just an hour and a half. And – you know, that I, I was after my sophomore year. I had won it, and you don't you get a kind of good workout because obviously it's so tight, and you wrestle the whole practice. And then usually I would I was the guy who would run up and ask Ironside if he would wrestle with me extra because shoot, you got that good of a guy in there. I right. want to you know I want to get that. Um, and I asked him to work out. He's like, all right, yeah, we can go. And then we start we start going, and I mean. There was no drill and it was basically, you know, we're just, we're going to go live. Cause I think he might've got in with some groups before that, but we were just going to go some extra goes and we started going and, you know, I, I was giving him everything I had, like typical high school kid. And this is a, you know, a veteran who's well past retirement from competitive wrestling. And you get a little high school guy like that. Like you gotta, you gotta put him down hard. You gotta make sure he knows like, Hey, take it easy. And I never let up and I just kept getting beat worse and worse and worse and worse. And by the end, all I wanted to do was lay on my back and ball my <laughs> eyes out. All I wanted to do lay on my back and ball my eyes out. But it's crazy. You had that high expectations for yourself though, that you got that mad as a high schooler, you know, you know I did wasn't that one. I wasn't even that I got that mad that one was, uh, and this was, like I said, a defining moment in my wrestling career where I, learned all right this guy is just testing me he's just seeing how long i'll go until i quit and so i i just kept getting up and kept going at him as hard as i could and all i wanted was one takedown i was like if i can get one then i can i deserve to get off the mat but there was uh, there was no one and (laughs) we probably wrestled after that hour and a half practice for 45 minutes straight i mean the place was gone everyone was i mean it was you know it was empty in there and we kept going, and I was getting punished bad for 45 minutes. One go. And eventually, you know, I think eventually he, you know, he stopped and helped me up or whatever, patted <laughs> me on the back. And I learned a lot about myself. And that was one of those, again, one of those changing points in your wrestling career where you learn, like, sometimes it's it's not about the wins and losses, Um, and specifically to training, but sometimes it's not about the wins and losses and it's not just about surviving. It's, it's just about no matter what you get back up, you go again, no matter what you get back up, you go again. And, you know, I had a very, um, I've always, I've always had a, 
I've been a little bit of a loud mouth sometimes. I'll I'll talk smack to coaches or something. Try to get you know I don't Love know it. just Love whatever it. I can do to get someone to work out with me. I don't. Sometimes my mouth betrays my mind. <laughs> let's 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 put it that way. My mouth betrays my mind. So I've learned to try to shut my mouth more and open my ears more. Been told that many times too. <laughs> but um, I always had a, a very 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 high respect for for those guys that you know I looked up to and uh, um, I watched. Um, coach and compete super high respect so for me you know wrestling a terry brands wrestling a tom brands wrestling um even even metcalf really but wrestling ironside wrestling all those guys who in my in my mind were legends Mm -hmm. my respect was just like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna disrespect this guy by quitting by by walking off the mat because I didn't like the way he was wrestling. Like I'm just gonna sit there and I'm gonna absolutely wrestle him as hard as I possibly can mm-hmm. until he says enough. You know, it wasn't like I was gonna make him quit again. And that's you as you progress, you learn that your mindset changes to be a lot more competitive. Like, hey, I can I can compete with this guy. I can wrestle. I I think I can try to beat this guy. Um, but that never changes that. You know, I'm I, that he's the he's the guy I look up to. I'm going to go as long as he wants to go. I'm going to do whatever, but I'm going to give everything I have. There is no I'm only going to try a little bit. There is no. Well, this sucks. So I, you know, You're I, done. I'm, that's out of respect, I'm, though, to them, you said. Yeah. that And that's the way that my mind has always worked to all those guys is that ex- respect. Yeah. Because I know what they've done. Um, I, I shouldn't say I know, but I've I've seen and. Um, now I, I guess I know a little bit more, um, but right. I still don't know. I, shoot, some, some of those guys have done things that would, you know, make people fall over puking. People can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. We both wrestle. Like it's to that. Sometimes level. I can't even imagine the things that I did. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're nuts, man. You know the stories and and things you hear. Um, they sound like like fairy tales like what that is a that is a funny funny story you're telling me <laughs> really you're really embellishing aren't you but it's like <laughs> i can't embellish that like that is 100 percent truth it's too weird to make up can't even make that shit up <laughs> right that is exactly how it feels um but you know it's it's been really really fun um for my you know for my whole career going through all the ups and downs and the most thing i've learned and this comes from just my upbringing and my family is to to learn from it all to embrace all of it the good and the bad and you've, you know, a lot of people say that but it's really is true mm-hmm. you know i had a, a to call it unfortunate less than ideal senior year um i've had other you know family tragedies or mistakes i've made as a person and you just you try to learn from it and grow mm-hmm. and really the benefit of all that is being a coach and getting to try to, you know, resonate with these athletes a little bit. And the more you've seen, you know, the more things you've seen and it doesn't matter if you failed on a a small stage or a big stage. You know, I think about Terry brands a lot and his whole mentality of um, his career and saying, yeah, I was okay. I did all right. And you know, a lot of people are like, what? Yeah. But I, I, I know, that when your goal is something and you don't attain that there's always that you know that that little bit of emptiness where you know you wish that you could just like 
I could just tweak one thing and I get that goal or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, or you not even that, but you just got to try to understand. But the best way to, you know, to grow from it is to try to help others understand that and get to the level that you never got to. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I look back on my career and it's the same as other people who are really high level. You know, I won a lot, but shoot. I, I didn't get the real goal I wanted. You know, I, I wanted to, it sounds crazy, but I wanted to be a four-time All-American. That was like one of my biggest goals um, just subconsciously is to be a four-time All-American. And, it, you know, maybe more than being a national champ. I don't know. I say that, but who knows? You know, that's it's never changing. But, um, I mean, you know what it is deep down in your heart. You know, if it's four-time yeah, All-American, it's four-time All-American. And, and, you know, go win out your senior year. You're a three-time champ. You're a four-time finalist. And you have one of the top records, top statistical records in all of Iowa wrestling history. And to think that that what could have and what is will make you go insane. So for me, you just have to accept what it is. But all right, what am I going to get out of it then? Mm -hmm. Because it isn't what I wanted. But why does that mean it has to be this black mark and I'm, you know, I'm a there's a piece of my heart and soul missing. Like, no, I'll, I'll fill that missing part with the, the goal of helping those around me. And it could be in any capacity. Obviously it's right now it's as a coach, but, or make a sure it doesn't happen to your guys or do everything you, or if like it's your kid playing a soccer game, that means a lot to him, whatever it is. You that's, know? that's what, I, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. You know, for, for me right now it's, it's coaching and, um, you know, mentoring, other athletes and trying to get them to to reach that top um step on the podium at the at the national level maybe someday it'll be at the international level Mm -hmm. um because i was never ever ever able to do that um and maybe it'll be helping my kids get through some you know really tough um adversities in life maybe it'll be um community service in a totally different way who knows but trying to to learn from that that ex- those experiences in life yeah. because man it's it's really i've i've I spent a little time it's really sour when you just like are just angry about something rather than accepting it and accepting you know um the good and the bad and moving moving forward and that's what that's what wrestling's all about i, I tell it at, at clinics it's a struggle it's life mm-hmm. wrestling is life i mean you look at wrestling definition in the dictionary a struggle. I mean, shoot, that's you, you, the older you get, the more you realize that is, that is life, right? It's, it's a constant struggle. Um, so the, the skills and the characteristics and the values and, and all those paired together, um, that it puts into people who've spent a long time in this sport. It's truly amazing how much, um, knowledge you have and and how much understanding you have of just the intricacies of the ups and the downs and everything it's crazy isn't it we talk about and we'll wind down just real quick here but you talk about life like real life is someone your mom dying your dad dying like that's real shit right a loss is a a loss of course a a wrestling match is a big deal but you talk about some real shit you know it's like that's what it prepares you for is the real and and what are you gonna do i mean is your life gonna be over or are you going to find a way to carry on? And that's exactly it's tough because everyone handles everything different. Everyone's individual. But just that, you know, 
and we haven't even spoke a lot about it, but the community of wrestling too is, is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at what's happened in wrestling for tragedies over the last couple of years of certain people, mm-hmm. people that I'm close to, um, you know, yeah, your teammate. Um, the, the Stickley family. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, really close um, with them. And, and that, you know, tragedy of, uh, of, of Eli Stickley passing away, but just the legacy he left and mm-hmm. the impact that that had. And then you look at the support for, for Brandon Sorensen, a guy yeah. who um, got diagnosed with, with cancer. Um, and the support that's, I mean, it's instantaneous and just a, a slew of those. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty more over the course of time. Um, you know, Mike Darrell guy, I was really close with how many people he impacted and how, um, much, you know, that, that story and that tragedy, um, kind of resonated with people who, whose life he touched. Um, and those are people who are all, you know, close, close to my heart, but, just how amazing the wrestling community is because it's, you know, it's a, it's a family of understanding of the ins and outs of suffering. Yeah. That joint suffering, you know, Mm -hmm. talked about the book. Yeah. You know, man search for meaning. And, and that's one of the huge parts of the book is uh, if you know what your sufferings are for, you just, you're mentally so much like it can be so empowering when you, um, when you understand the purpose of your suffering and and that's a person talking about um the holocaust and you know suffering that's well beyond what any of us even have a true understanding of right but you're suffering and that's what you do in wrestling on a daily basis obviously it's chosen suffering but it just makes you so much more capable in the rest of your life and understanding that man i can i'm pretty resilient yeah i can handle a lot you know there's a lot of ups and downs and you know, you, you lose jobs, um, you lose family members, there's sickness, you know, you lose wrestling matches. I mean, it all, right. it all is connected, but, um, you just, it's all about embracing that struggle and embracing those challenges every day when you wake up and knowing that, you know what, I'm, I'm going to be all right. I'm going to get through it. Right. And Damn. that's what, that's, what's awesome. And, and that's what I love about this sport. And, um, just the all those characteristics that it imparts on so many people and you know it's uh it's something that carry with you the rest of your life it's a great way to wind this down brother dude this has been an honor to talk with you and i cannot wait to get this out man mcdonough you're a bad man thank you brother thank you guys appreciate it and all great things must come to an end if you want to hear more from the podcast text wrestle to 555-888 that's wrestle to 555-888 you can also find us on Instagram, Wrestling Changed My Life, Twitter, Ryan underscore N underscore Warner, as well as our website, WrestlingChangedMyLife.com. Take care, y'all.